You're listening to Tech Recruit, a podcast that educates talent acquisition and recruitment professionals on innovation to attract talent across all industries. We're glad you're here. Hey, listeners, I really appreciate you tuning in to my podcast. Please remember, if you're listening on iTunes, to give us a good five-star rating. And if you're listening in on other platforms, throw in some great comments below. We really appreciate all the support. Now on to the podcast. Welcome to the Tech Recruit Podcast. My name is Stacey Broadwell. I will be your host. And today we have Rachel Kraska. She is the Senior Manager of Talent for ShopRunner. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. We're very excited to have you. You were actually referred to me by another speaker who's going to be speaking at Midwest Tech Recruit, uh, Sarah Goldberg. She said that you were somebody who she recommended highly. And so, of course, I had to get on the phone with you and talk to you. And of course, you have some amazing stories for recruitment. So we're going to get into that. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you to ZipRecruiter. They'll be our sponsor for Midwest Tech Recruit and also for this podcast and also to Hacker Earth. Thank you very much for sponsoring our show. Now, Rachel, tell us about ShopRunner and what you do there. Sure. We are a two-sided network. So consumer side, we offer um, benefits to our consumers like free two-day shipping and free returns at over 140 merchants. And then um, merchant side, we are helping to build e-commerce tools that will level the playing field for them with companies like Amazon and Walmart. Hmm. Wow. Good niche to be in. Yeah. Uh when you say um, e-commerce tools, is that to help them sell or to advertise? To help them, things to put on their website so they can help build a better customer experience. Oh, I like it. And your role as senior manager of talent, how long have you been there and what, what is that role encompass? I've been here for a, a going on two and a half years and it encompasses all of talent. So we are a two-person talent department. Um, I report into our chief people officer, and that means I do a bit of everything. So Mm -hmm. I do hands-on recruiting. I work closely with hiring managers on, you know, interview training, on helping to suss out what roles are and where we might find people on interview preparation. I do all of our metrics to see, you know, what sources are working for us to help budget for those, um, to see, you know, what we could be doing better, what we're doing well, what our success rates look like. Um, and I interview and hire people, of course. Um, oh, that like you cover pretty much everything that we're going to talk about at the tech conference. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> That, yeah, you are certainly, how many recs would you say you manage alone? Um, usually about a dozen. Yeah, that is huge, especially when you're managing, You so you have a, a recruiter that you manage, and is that recruiter full mm-hmm. desk or a sourcer? He's full desk. Um, did you Thank train goodness. that person? <laughs> um, he came in as a great recruiter, newer to the field. So certainly, you know, we've been working together to develop him as, as a senior recruiter. So he's been, he's been promoted since 
since uh, he started. Uh, but yeah, so so we're all we're always trying to get better. Yeah, everybody's got their uh, their career path. Um, yeah. So speaking of which, I'm always interested in how somebody got into recruiting. And I find this, I find this so fascinating because no one generally says, I've had one person say they actually went to college to, I think, be in human resources. Wow. Um, how, how about you? What was your journey to recruitment? I have a degree in music. Um, and I, uh, when I realized that wouldn't be necessarily a field that would put any you know, money on the table whatsoever, I changed over to writing. And so I became a copywriter for the first half of my career. So I did content strategy, actual writing, um, social media planning, and I worked at a few of the larger ad agencies around Chicago. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at your, your, LinkedIn profile and it says post honeymoon performer and composer um, that a labor of love literally writes <laughs> records plays do you perform right now I'm doing writing right now we're not doing so much performing but I I did for 15 years or so for a long time that's amazing yeah do we talk I feel like we talked about this we talked about it a little bit we yeah did. Do you have a website I do. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, posthoneymoon.com. That is so... But really look for the music on Spotify or Bandcamp. <laughs> 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 iTunes, you know. Yeah, okay. I'll make yeah. one cent if mm. you download anything. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, we could use some uh, during the networking hour at the conference. Maybe we could have you. Oh, no. <laughs> What would you, where would you classify? Because if I remember correctly, it felt like it looked kind of um, rockish, like rock. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. It would be, we were generally classified as post-punk. So a little <laughs> kind of like Susie and the Banshees, but the more modern feel. Oh, I like it. It's so fun. <laughs> so fun. Um Okay, so you got the you got the creative side. You were right. to school for music, and then you got into doing um, copywriting and content social media, mm -hmm. which now, like I, I feel like wasn't really kind of a component of recruiting before. But I always felt that recruiting, at least when I started, I felt like it was marketing, and because yeah. we're the first face in the people that candidates and potential employees speak with. So that, that social media aptitude probably uh, was a good way for, I don't know, would you feel it lends itself well to recruiting? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there are tenets of social media you learn that you, um, excuse me, that you apply to, you know, good tenets of writing and marketing that you can apply across any field. Yeah, especially in, I mean, we do a lot of advertising mm -hmm. specifically for, you know, the conference and what have you, but a lot of video output, a lot of, um, you know, managing that all online, which is like a big component of putting your content out there. Um, okay, so then how did you get into recruiting? 
Um, I got bored writing. I was, I felt like everything was just click here, buy this. And I got tired of writing the same thing over and over. And probably like lots of other recruiters, I just happened to have like hooked friends up with jobs in the past. And I thought I might be good at it. So, um, yeah, so I was working at a big ad agency that lost a big client and I kind of had a crossroads where I could have gone to, with the client to another agency or tried something new. So I went ahead and took the leap into a staffing firm that did specialty staffing for like marketing, creative advertising, totally. which was a bridge, <laughs> as I tell people when I'm giving them career advice. Right. And <laughs> did you like it? I loved recruiting. I will do my utmost not to work in another staffing firm because it is, it's brutal. <laughs> the money is amazing, but it is, it is really tough. It is that sort of double-edged sword a little bit because the money in it can be intoxicating. Yeah, but absolutely. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and at my, uh, my agency, we worked both sides of the desk. So we had to recruit and sell. And I am, I'm not, I'm great at selling my company to people, but sales was not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I, and I bet when you stepped into an internal role, what was that initially like for you when you started seeing the other side of the the internal recruitment side. <laughs> Number one thought was like, oh, that's why they never call me back. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, this is what's been going on behind the scenes. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it's funny because when you're at an agency, you take it so personally or you get mm -hmm. really upset and it, and it causes you to like get on the phone more. But if you yeah. knew the red tape and the having to deal with right. uh, you know, uh, compensation getting approved or anything getting approved. Exactly. Or the manager had to deal with. You might yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, they're not getting feed. I used to get so upset because I wouldn't get feedback on someone who interviewed until I was on the other side chasing people down for feedback. Oh, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Someone's running around trying to gather feedback so they can give feedback to the recruiter. So, um, so you started working internally for the company that was your client. Is that right? Um, they, no, I, I started working for, um, for a different company. It was a, um, a data management platform, um, which, so in ad tech, which was my sweet spot was kind of advertising and digital marketing. So, so it was a pretty smooth move. I actually started as a contractor and then got hired on full-time. Um, okay, so that brings us to ShopRunner. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been there two and a half years. Yeah. Um, you're doing the whole everything. When you first came into the role, was it as encompassing or have you kind of grown into like just managing everything? I've grown, I've grown into it more as we've grown and scaled. When, when I joined, we opened Chicago as our headquarters shortly before I joined. Mm -hmm. So there were about 15 people in the office on my first day. And now there's about 115. So, um, so initially just joined 
in a senior recruiting role and there was there was that role and then there was my boss who's now <laughs> the uh, chief people officer so she couldn't you know she certainly couldn't cover off on on everything so as time went on I, I started grabbing more and more of what interested me and um and she started happily handing off the things <laughs> that she she had no time for so so that has grown into more of an all-encompassing talent lead role so you manage rex um, what are some of the positions that you that you manage yourself? Are, are they tech roles? Are they sales? Is it everything? Everything. Right now I have a head of product design. I'm working on a one business development role and DevOps lead engineer and what else is on there? A couple product designers. I usually get a good mix. I've got a product marketing manager. So, um, so we try to, when I switch things off with, with my recruiter who works for me, we try to keep things interesting. The, the kiss of death is if you work on the same role, you know, for a year and never get to change it up. So we'll trade off. It's, it's interesting because I had on my, my previous podcast where I was talking to Sarah Goldberg and I asked her. And I'll ask you the same thing, um, what her favorite positions were and what her least favorite positions mm -hmm. were to, to work on. And <laughs> I admittedly said the project program and product manager positions, mm -hmm. any of the PMs um, are for me like, oh, it's, you get so, I get inundated with so many resumes that have nothing to do <laughs> and are completely off base, but kind of at one point a little bit. So you have to kind of dive in anyways and, and really, yeah. us, you know, be the detective on it. Um, and it's, and also, and I think she had a really good point too. Often the hiring managers in the company don't know entirely what it is that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask you, what are some of your favorite roles to work on and what are your least favorite? Well, I love product management and that was really what, that's what got me this job here is kind of how, how I was recommended. Um, I don't like project management though. I think it's very different people that you're working with. Um, I have to say, I'm sorry to all the salespeople out there, but I, I, if I could give all my sales roles away, I would in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what don't you like about, you know what, Sarah had the same thing. She, she, really? like, yeah, she was like, <laughs> um, uh, so, but what don't you like about sales roles? Like so much talking to get to <laughs> such a small answer. <laughs> From the candidate? Um, yes. Trying and to sell you. If you meet a great salesperson, it's incredible. But I feel like I have to talk to such a much higher volume of candidates to get to a good one. It's just much harder for me to cut through the BS in sales. Wow. Yeah, that's really, is it more um, cutting through the BS, but getting to the actual success stories mm -hmm. that they've done? Yeah. yeah. I think that sale, often salespeople are just used to you know, establishing this rapport and, and talking a lot. And, and there are those terrible sales techniques, you know, where people will use your name, Stacy, and you know, we've been, <laughs> uh, yeah. and so, so you get, it's hard to, 
you have to go through a lot of those to get to the great authentic people who you want to hire. So, so let me ask your advice. Salespeople, just certain types. Yes. I, I loathe the product project. <laughs> what was the other one? Program. Oh, program. Yeah. The PM roles. What, if, what advice would you give me to distinguish between those and help the hiring manager give us a good job description? Like how do you, what is your go-to for distinguishing on those roles? I think they're totally different. I would go at them. I go at them by deliverables almost. What do you, what is, what is the business need for a project manager versus a product manager? And I consider a product manager more of a creative type and more of a business owner, whereas a project manager is getting things running, it's getting, getting, getting stuff done when it's supposed to be done and estimating how long it'll take things to do. So I think one's more strategic and one's a little more tactical. I've never hired a program manager. I would have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be faking it. There's a it lot of crossover. There's so much crossover. Yeah. And some companies, their product managers or project managers or vice versa. So it's, it, anytime I need to do one of those, I'm talking to the hiring manager and getting a, a real clear idea of what the person's actually doing. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be interesting. I mean, if you have a specific, like maybe if it's an ad tech, I think I had, and it was similar a little bit to yours. I had two head of product um, engineering roles for, mm -hmm. um, for a action sports company out here in Los Angeles, Red Bull. It was for Red Bull. It was like a, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, one was specifically for their advertising media platform because they have a host of content that is all action sports videos, right? And how do they monetize and, and sell that? Um, and how do they, you know, get that viewership and they have this dashboard. So they needed somebody to, um, you know, manage that out. But at the same time, like that at least was very specific to advertising mm -hmm. and like, you know, using free will wheel, which is one of the um, advertising platforms that they use. But then sometimes I had this other one that was at a finance company and I must've gotten like 200 resumes. That was project product. And it was, just, it was like dealing with the salespeople, like you mentioned, like everybody yeah. was telling me and. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can only, it has really been getting to know what the roles are and mm -hmm. continuing to ask questions until I understand what I'm looking for. The, um, the hiring manager in the finance company said, I want somebody like me that's I want somebody like me who I can hand it off to so I was like okay now we're going to interview you <laughs> okay what do you mean by that <laughs> yeah yeah he well in which I've I've totally been in the that position before too where I've wanted to hire recruiters to be mm -hmm. me and take yeah. my roles and you can't ever quite totally hand off yourself you mm -hmm. know you're passionate about things um Okay. So really interesting. You come from a, a creative background. You now are, you're doing a lot of the, um, you're, you're managing your own recs. You mentioned you're doing interview training Is mm -hmm. that for the hiring managers. Yeah. And the interviewers. So, and, and other employees who are interviewing. 
yeah when I came in we we learned we you know as you get to know a company when you're internal you start to find the the holes in the hiring process or what what wasn't working and one of the things we found was that a lot of people just didn't know how to interview and we didn't have a consistent process so so I put together a curriculum <laughs> tell me tell me about what you did I find this so interesting um so Lou Adler who you know he's going to be our keynote and he's he noted all my conferences I, I I love Lou I think Lou sets a fantastic barometer for either if you've been in recruiting for a long time or if you're new it's just like a good standard for how you can gauge where you should be. And um, he talks a lot about hiring. And um, one of the things he says is hiring managers do not know how to interview. Mm -hmm. And I think I posted online, I, it was either on Facebook or LinkedIn one time, do hiring managers know how to interview? And oh, was that just, must have gone crazy. It was <laughs> It was so funny, but um, to to develop, to take it under your wing, to develop a a program. Tell me about that. How did that? What was that like? Well, we're still we're still in development. I will say we've got one hundred one out, but it's time to create one hundred two. Okay. Uh, but I just looked at where we were weak, and and I tried to take myself back to when I started recruiting, and you know, I came from a completely different career. I was great at what I did and a recruiter said go find me this person and you have to talk to them for half an hour <laughs> I was like, what what am I going to talk about what am I going to say for half an hour what do I need to find out so so I try to cover some of those basics like yeah. you know we hired what early on we hired someone we're in Chicago who lived in Milwaukee Milwaukee is an hour and a half from here like that's almost recruiting one. I call that recruiting 101. Can they physically make it to the job site? That is something that no one had really learned that, well, okay, the person has to be able to come to the office during the business hours, unless you are okay with them not being in the office during business hours. So, so we started with some basics like that. And we were also getting interviews where we would come together after the interview for feedback and, and it would be for people saying I liked them or I didn't like her and and that was it so we weren't getting adequate feedback either um, so we started talking about how what you should look for how to look for that and then workshopping um, types of questions together that could help get at get at things you want to find out so I, I don't think most people you know, roll out of business school, roll, roll out of their career development, understanding what a behavioral interview question is. And even though it's uncomfortable to ask how that differs from telling it, walk me through your resume. So, so just starting to really dig into what the structure of an interview should look like. What are the things you need to find out and how can you find out the things you need to find out? Oh, and then also a section on please God don't ever ask this question in an interview so I don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know we needed that one. <laughs> it's right. And you know what? I think those are often good reminders. Um, what things can't you say? I mean, for our audience, maybe, you know, everybody could always sure. use a refresher course. 
Oh, I, I've got a long list, but let's not talk about age or um, gender or ethnicity or politics or kids and whether or not they have them or what their plans might be. Um, religion, you know, that, that I'm sure you're aware of them, but we try to stay away from things that might bias us. You know, or might cause a candidate to accuse us of bias. It's interesting because when I, I have a two and a five-year-old and when, when I, probably one of the reasons or the things that inspired me to launch this conference to train recruiters to be, raise everybody's boats, you know, in a way was in being interviewed. And I really recall so often other women asking me if I had adequate, adequate childcare for my two, my wow. two as I was returning back to work. And, and they're like, you know, you know how it is like mom to mom, it's hard. And, you know, and so like, you feel like they're, they, they feel like it's okay to ask those things because they're yeah. a woman too. And they're just sure, but those are totally illegal questions. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of a, something that's a good reminder. Cause even if you feel like you, you have that rapport that, you know, I'm there, I've been there too. Right. You can't ask those things. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it was one of those things that I, I actually even had an, a, another woman say to me, Oh, you've been out of work now for two years having, um, a child. Um, do you think you still have that network? And in recruiting, our network only gets better as our candidates get more experience. Exactly. <laughs> nope, they, I we, I've forgotten them all. <laughs> that is very interesting sort of question. Um, so no, those are really good things. Those like, do not ask, which, you know, coincidentally are kind of the same things you don't ask in a bar, right? Right. <laughs> At a party. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so age, gender, kids, religion. Now, um, when you're training the hiring managers, do you do this training each time there's a new role and you've structured the interview team? We've done it a couple times a year. So we don't do, each time there's a new role, I, we do what's, what we call a pre-huddle. So we get everyone in a room. We make sure they understand what the job is about and what the measures of success are for. And then we assign out different, you know, uh, subjects for them to interview. And mm -hmm. if there is, if there are people who haven't interviewed before or who don't know what to ask, we'll, we'll assist there. But then we're trying to do our interview training. We're going to shoot for quarterly right now. We are maybe every six months, so mm -hmm. it could be better. So each of the interviewers focuses on a separate area mm -hmm. and do, are there times when you, and, and do they interview one-on-one um, -on -one, or are there sometimes when there's group interviews or does it just depend on the role? At most two-on-one. So occasionally if we do a coding interview, there might be two engineers, you know, interviewing another engineer or sometimes we'd like to put in maybe a more senior engineer and a less senior engineer interviewing someone so that the less senior person or less experienced person can start to learn how to interview. So mm -hmm. I like, pick up. I like to pick, pair people off for, for that sort of thing. 
Um, you know, uh, we had a really, at LAX Tech Recruit, that happened um, just a month ago, actually. Uh, Candace Taylor spoke. Um, she, she is in a similar role as you, actually, um, at Chow Now. And she spoke about how they were in the same situation. They had to redevelop the entire interview process mm -hmm. and how they designed that and the outcomes it would have um, and how they like tied their job descriptions and mm -hmm. their reviews to all that sort of thing. And yeah. it was a, it was a really interesting talk because you don't think how intricate the actual development of a sound interview process can be. Right. And rolling that back to the subject <laughs> that we'll be talking about how that interview process can affect bias in the, in the hiring process. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, have, have you experienced like when you've had certain interviewers go in, have you maybe even seen their biases and had to point it out to them? Like that's bias. You can't, you can't have that view or you can't say that. Well, and maybe had to say, okay, you can't interview anymore. <laughs> I've wondered. If I haven't. Like, I haven't had to. When we first got in, there was one person we had to pull off of interviewing, um, but I haven't had to permanently pull anyone off of interviewing. I have, on occasion, had to follow up with some feedback, <laughs> some constructive feedback. More often, when I see bias it can be almost in favor of someone not almost exactly in favor of someone that the interviewer knows mm. or is friend of a friend or used to work where they worked so what i have seen in it shop runner which is a high growth company that started you know hit the ground running we need to find people as soon as we can we have to hire 40 people in this office in three months how do we how do we do that we're going to call everyone we know was trying to slow the process down enough to make sure we were evaluating people beyond i liked working with them at my last job yeah yeah definitely like the the uh that sort of um evaluation or assessment of something of someone well it's a great way to get you in the door mm -hmm. um, yeah going beyond that can can be the, the real challenge. So yeah, and who's who who is that door closing on that you might have talked to had had you not jumped at the first person you knew. So. And and great that they know a lot of people to bring them in the door, but yeah, amazing. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's it's the mark of a great person is that people want to follow them to a new job. So it's finding that balance and meeting the business needs of growing really quickly too. Oh what a dream though <laughs> to have um, enough uh, people working for shop runner that they have this network of people that they're referring all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. I often think that that is the mark of a good company. If the employees are actually referring. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I was doing some, some research. I actually, uh, uh, just in Chicago alone. Mm -hmm. And I saw that shop runner was listed on um, one of the top, places to work in Chicago. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what list it was. I agree. It might have been <laughs> built in or something like that. That um, could be. I should know, and I apologize for not knowing, but I know built-in built in likes us. <laughs> do they really? Oh, do you guys host a lot of events? We, um, we do a lot of work on their platform, so 
So they're in Chicago, they're, they're going to love this in Chicago. They are a critical platform for, for sharing jobs. So if you're, if you're a high growth company in Chicago or a startup, you, you have to have a relationship with them. And they just got funding. I'm a, they should give me a kickback right now for that. <laughs> for that endorsement. Right. I know that they're headquartered in Chicago. They have <laughs> locations in Los Angeles too. Mm -hmm. um, there's a built in LA. And I think uh, like six or 10 other cities that they have a, a good uh, hold on or yeah. they, they market in. Um, and I've spoken with a couple companies who are either startups or even aging companies right are trying to be a little bit more startup appearance. yeah hallmark labs for instance oh interesting yeah you've heard of hallmark i so have on a new company right <laughs> i just saw a queer eye for straight guy that featured a project manager um from hallmark really <laughs> <laughs> that went off the rails i'll take yeah. it back to recruiting yeah they well i didn't see that one but um but they were, their whole thing is the employer branding, you know, yeah. how do we get, how do we make ourselves appear like we're not a dinosaur of a company, but that we have really cool technologies and, and we are a great place to work. And, you know, and while built in is really more for the startups and not like the established companies, this was this, this sort of way for them to, um, attract those, those candidates who might want to work at that start at a startup. You know, it was kind of like the employer branding sort of yeah. uh, approach. Um, but they, they I know that they host events at, like you could do like an annual package. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys are on that whole platform. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, we do some, we do, I think, I think they've got all sorts of different levels of, of engagement, but we do, we do a certain amount with them. Okay. So, oh, that's, that's uh, so cool. So yes, you guys are on that, that list. Um, so speaking of events, you are going to be speaking at Midwest Tech Recruit. It's September mm -hmm. 18th. Um, you came recommended to me as uh, somebody who can impart some amazing knowledge to our audience. Um, I had reached out to you and lo and behold, I was like, yes, please bring this to our audience. <laughs> you would be so kind. Tell us what is it that you're going to be speaking about? So I will be speaking at Midwest Tech Recruit about building a balanced pipeline. I'll be sharing some small changes you can make to your recruiting process right now that will affect long-term change in the composition of your organization. What are some of the things that um, our audience can expect to learn from that? What was um, your challenge? When I joined ShopRunner, yeah, to kind of think of this as something that you would want to impart. Yeah, sure. When I joined, we, um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we were trying to grow as quickly as we could with a core team that had all worked at the same company before. So almost everyone knew one another. Almost everyone had come from the same company. And um, six months into my role here, and I'll look at, I'll look at, because it's tech recruiting, I'll look specifically at our tech organization. It was eight out of 10, I think, had uh, managers had all come from the same company. Nine out of 10 were men <laughs> and nine out of 10 were white men. So we had not done an amazing job of 
building a company that reflects the users of our product. Mm -hmm. So I had to take, and, and, you know, certainly my, my boss had to take a hard look at what we were doing and what we could change to make the company look different um, and function differently and have more points of view. And that, that really fundamentally changes the product development. Can I ask you a question? Because mm -hmm. I'm asking questions, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, why, why do you prefer the word balanced over diversity? Or I think that when you are talking about, let me think about the answer to this. I know it's a delicate, it's a delicate answer. No, I, I do not like to think about things in terms almost of quotas and not that I think diversity is a quota, but I think that's become such a big buzzword that has connotations of, of who you're looking for and exactly what you're looking for. And I think when you look at your team, you want to think about balance. And does it all, is everyone from the same place? Does everyone look the same? Are they all the same age? Do they have the same socioeconomic background? Uh, there's, do they have the same employment history? There, there's, you want to think about having different, different opinions and different backgrounds. Um, and also I want to give credit that I, I do a lot of reading as we all do and that, uh, I first heard about this from Atlassian, but I thought that makes so much more sense than just saying, you know, I don't, when you talk about, oh, I want to hire diversity, that you're almost tokenizing people. And I don't, I don't want to be doing that. We, we're not looking for ever anyone of a specific look or color or background. We just want to make sure that we're not building a homogenous company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that what you said to be just such an organic and refreshing take. And it is, that's the first time I've heard it actually addressed. However, you know, like as I've been doing the, this conference um, and speaking with so many speakers and, and we've had this topic at our conference and it comes up all the time on the diversity front, it has almost seemed to become like a, like, you know, a percentage and what is your, you know, and just quantifying it. And I, I personally don't like that because, because of the nature of recruiting, your job is to find the best person for the job. And you know, from being a recruiter, you don't know where you're going to find that person or how it's going to work. And I have never predicted correctly once who what kind of person I would find that would fit the role or what background they would have or what, you know, so I think of it as making incremental changes to your process to make it more equitable and more fair. And that that down the line begins to change the composition of your team. So those internal referrals by the same people mm -hmm. can, while great, that's wonderful. Um, that's a show of a great company like we talked about, but also can present a problem down the, down the line. Um, do you want to I think share if you something? hire all of them? It's, sorry to interrupt. Oh, sure, that's no, okay. Yeah, I I'll think the it issue out. is if yeah, <laughs> if they're not vetted, they can. If and if they are brought into the exclusion of looking at more people, if it's unbalanced, <laughs> so that's good. I'm going to use that word again. 
Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, so in outside of like, yes, get the referrals, vet them, but also see other, you know, candidates mm -hmm. as well. Um, are there specific places that are, you have to go outside of maybe LinkedIn or, or what have you? Are there certain um, avenues that maybe you take that might be, that are those tweaks? Yeah, in terms of sourcing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, there are, I mean, in, it's different in any community, but every community has, has groups and, and resource groups. Chicago, Sarah is one of the, um, Sarah Goldberg runs, uh, or is one of the people who runs queer tech clubs. So, um, you know, so that's a great group. There are, there are tons of meetups in, in Chicago. There's the Need of Borg Society. There's, I could go on, I could go on forever. There's a great Slack group called Shy Tech Diversity. There's a great Slack group called the Brave Space. Um, there are all sorts of educational organizations. There's girls who code. I think there's black women who tech. There's all kinds of, all kinds of groups. So, um, so part of it is is getting connected with some of those groups or figuring out which employees in your company are connected with those groups. So we made a hire off of once hosting someone from. We hosted. Uh, Pi ladies, so uh, so Python women who code Python, and we we met someone there, and a few months down the line, that person was interviewing with us. So it's these things. I would I wasn't going there looking for someone. We didn't have a role open, but that person happened to come to our company. Um, see that we have an amazing group of data scientists, several of whom are women. Um, and data engineers and uh, you know came came back to to shopper later when they were looking hey tech recruit fans just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you to follow us on twitter at tech recruit underscore you can also find our page on facebook at tech recruit and our group the tech recruit group where all of our speakers and attendees are hanging out and talking about all the topics and things that they learned at the Tech Recruit Conference. And we'll look forward to seeing you at LAX Tech Recruit July 18th in Playa Vista, Silicon Beach, and Midwest Tech Recruit in Chicago, September 18th. See you there. What are some of the best places to find, like meetups, um, Facebook groups? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, actually, I have not tried any Facebook. Facebook groups. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're, they aren't there. Yeah. I'm just not there. Um, I like meetups are great. I, I think just getting out and going to them and meeting to people, meeting people, because you'll hear about something, you know, from one person or another. It's kind of like a little, a little trail of breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And funny. I'm kind of shy. So I, that's like the most difficult thing about my job is, <laughs> is going to meetups and chatting with people. I can get up in front of a crowd of people, no problem, but one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations in that kind of setting, very nerve-wracking for me. So as we close, first off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play us out to some of your music. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> surprise. And then uh, if anybody wants to um, find you, how can they do that? If they want to um, reach out to you, how can they do that, Rachel? 
um, on Twitter. I'm Rachel Recruits. And they may find some political rantings there. So fair <laughs> warning. <laughs> Representing the views of Rachel, not ShopRunner. And uh, they can always email me direct here at ShopRunner or find me on LinkedIn. Spotify. So good. Rachel, thank you so much for being part of the Tech Recruit podcast. I will see you um, September 18th um, and we'll be having the pre-conference party at LinkedIn's headquarters in Chicago. If I don't know if I told you that. Yes, it'll be a lot of fun. I saw it. I'll be there. I know. I'm like, it's amazing. I love, yeah, I love LinkedIn. Okay. And their headquarters, but I love the company that all the folks we work with. I, I told them, I said, if uh, you want to find a recruiter, they're going to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> it just makes sense that you guys would want to um, host our post party. So I'm like, yes, our, our pre party. Um, and then if that works out, they'll do it in New York and, and in San Francisco. And so, you know, we'll see how this goes. This is a new relationship for me. Nice. Well, I will see you soon and you have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. I have never seen Tom Petty in concert before, and I don't know if it's because I'm a new mom and I hadn't got out of the house a lot, but it was so moving. It was just, I felt like the whole crowd was into it. It was just like one of those, like, yeah, song. Oh my gosh, that is so hard. I, I'm a sucker for, I don't know why, I love the verses of Last Dance with Mary Jane so much. I just love the songwriting, um, but like all of them. The song came on in one desperate moment there. Sh- he crept into her <laughs> memory. And I'm just like, God is so pink, right? And you're just like, yes. And... yes, amazing. It's like every song is an anthem. Yeah, right? That to your life.